0: i'm ben
1: and you're listening to the sound logic podcast
0: this is mike each episode we discuss one of music's greatest albums from rolling stone magazine's top 500 list
1: brought to you by two guys with no credentials
0: welcome back to the sound logic podcast today we're discussing album number 22 on rolling stone magazine's top 500 albums of all time which is the complete recordings by robert johnson You doing ben pretty
1: good although back-to-back compilation albums uh certainly has me pause a little bit
0: yeah i don't want to take the lid off the jar just yet but <laughs> i think there's some issues with the compilation albums but i don't also don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Sure, uh, sure, which which is a phrase we've just had to describe to our nine year old son, and it's taken a while to really <laughs> go through the <laughs> etymology of that phrase, and I've even had to <laughs> had to try and figure that one out, but but I think it's we've all figured Good. it out, so um, we can apply it here.
1: This is a massive uh, album. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never listened to it all the way through, and I still, even though we've embarked on this project and I've listened to it at least, Still have never made it all the way through. Um, is this an album that you were familiar with before beginning?
0: No, I had never heard these recordings. And and I want to clarify what you said. Do you mean that you didn't listen to all the songs, or you just couldn't do it in one setting, one sitting? Uh, yeah,
1: you, the latter. I have. The, I'm pretty sure I have listened to all tracks, right. all 41 songs. Yeah, <laughs> just not in a single. But it's not all
0: at once. I yes. and I would. I would agree. Same way. I don't think I ever got through it all, but I have listened to them all. Um, no, I had I had heard. Of, had you heard of Robert Johnson?
1: Not enough to
0: have a
1: terribly strong opinion of who he was or what he did. Um, right. I, I took a great uh, theology and pop culture. Sorry, theology and pop music class at seminary, which I may have referenced before, and. And we kind of looked at the origins of rock and roll in that class so i'm sure his Mm -hmm. name came up there and uh we may have even listened to something he wrote um or recorded but but no uh, my knowledge of him is very very thin
0: i would say i'm probably in the same boat i'm a music fan but i'm not by any means a music expert and i'm really not a a big blues fan or, or professional at all I don't think I own A blues album yeah. I have I have rock albums Some that might be a little blues But I don't own a blues album So I think I knew the name But really didn't know Any of the songs some of, some of the lyrics Were familiar And I could see how Other songs have been Birthed out of The songs that he recorded
1: Yeah Yeah
0: So not ev- Having ever heard This album before What did you expect It to sound like?
1: the cover makes me think of the, uh, the wonderful film. Oh brother, where art thou? Just sort of a guy in a suit with his guitar in kind of a, uh, (laughs) dark room recording somewhere. Um, I, and my head is filled when I listen to him. I think my head is filled with visions from that movie of like real old timey recording music, singing into the cans. Um, you know, that kind of like, uh, Uh, Southern-flavored
0: rock blues, rockabilly, and um, I get a lot of that vibe. Right. That's interesting you bring up that movie. I didn't even think of that, uh, and I don't know why. That's one of my favorite movies, and I really enjoy it, and I enjoy the music. And there's a character in the movie who is the robert johnson character yeah. because there's a song there or there's a myth about robert johnson that he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads and they meet a character early on in the movie who's a young black guitar mm-hmm. player standing at the crossroads and they say what were you doing here's like last night i sold my soul to the devil to learn how to play this guitar yeah. <laughs> so yeah even though they don't reference his name i don't think
1: any of his music um, is used it, in the film either
0: no, it it is not um unless unless somebody does a a cover but I don't think mm-hmm. they do. Um I I thought it would be very simple stripped down old school style yeah. blues um not even really knowing what that is because again I'm not a big blues aficionado but just thought that it would be a guy and a guitar With the classic blues patterns, um, just singing along with that kind of scratchy early, uh, scratchy 30s recording quality. I think, having listened to it, I think I was bang on on that part, although it's it's a little deeper than that, but it was all those things.
1: Yeah, it makes me think of uh, Ken Burns' documentaries. I don't know if you've watched many of them or any of them, but...
0: uh, You have brought up his name several times and really? even even yeah and and even <laughs> recently some or you are on our podcast his name has come up a few times about documentaries oh, he's done and i think recently i heard somebody say something about ken burns and oh jason I, trashed
1: I, I... him when we were talking about jazz and oh. i think in that conversation around uh when most oh. people think about jazz they think about ken burns documentary about jazz which
0: oh, maybe that's why I heard it because I was I was listening to one of Jason's podcasts and he brought him oh, up recently. Maybe okay. that's another place I heard it too. So maybe it's just maybe it's just you and him. It's, uh, it's possible. Well, I'll, I'll have
1: to check it out. I've never seen his jazz documentary, but I watch his baseball documentary. Almost on an annual oh. basis, oh, and, okay. <laughs> uh, and during certain eras, he goes to artists like this, like kind of scratchy, scratchy, warbly um, recordings from another era, to really set a right. tone for a scene uh, that he's trying to depict. And uh, so, when I put this, when I put the cl- complete recordings of Robert Johnson on it it makes me it transports me to another era and i i think i should be watching something historic like i should be wandering a museum somewhere or i should be watching a documentary of the era that he recorded these um it has a power that that makes me know within seconds that it is from another time and another place cool yeah
0: (laughs) okay so this is a compilation album this This is not one of his albums, and we'll get into that. Uh, Do you want some details? I'd love them. Details, 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 details. Okay, so this album that we're listening to, this compilation, called The Complete Recordings, was released uh, August 28, 1990. And also a new remastered edition of the album was released in 2011 in commemoration of robert johnson's 100th birthday uh, so it has been released twice um, everything was written by robert johnson uh, i can't find any information on how this album charted
1: uh, wikipedia does say that it peaked at number 80 on the billboard chart oh, okay. and that it sold more than a million copies um, it's just kind of a, hmm. a quick line in the wikipedia entry for this album
0: I obviously glossed right (laughs) over that, so thank you for catching that for me. Um, And this, all of these songs, which is everything that he ever recorded, were recorded uh, between two sessions in 36 and 37. So two different sessions uh, where he was recording them. And that's it that's all he's got so 41 tracks that's uh, there there was a previous in the previous version of the rolling stone list which is the 2003 version there was a different album in yes. its place it was king of the delta blues singers which came out in 1970 which was all his recordings had no alternate takes. And then this one has everything, including all the alternate takes. So some of them have two or three different takes of the same song, maybe in a different key, or you just did it differently. This has all of them. So Rolling Stone simply just deleted the other one off the list and put this one in. I don't know. It's interesting because, you know, this was released in 1990 and the first list came out in 2003. So this yeah, this album existed. I'm not sure why they decided to do the other one and then put this in its place but
1: and it it makes me wonder um is there another artist on this list where we get their entire um catalog uh (laughs) we come we come close with um uh velvet underground right four of their five albums are on this list but uh and the beatles i guess would get fairly close
0: the beatles well, the Beatles has all ten albums, but that's not, not everything they recorded. I wouldn't say no, not even close you know um I'm sure there are tons of tapes that have never been heard, but the uh, they're kind of big compilation albums which I don't think are on this list, like the 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 red album and the blue album yeah, uh do you know those yeah. from the Beatles? I don't think they're on the list, and some of the some of the earlier different recordings that they had done, I don't think is on the list. Um, But it certainly is a large percentage unless there's other artists that just, you know, are kind of one album wonders that appear. (laughs) But in terms of every, every single track, it's amazing that, that a person ever recorded, I think this is the only artist who has that, but, I guess we'll find out in about 10 years. Yeah, once we get to the (laughs) end.
1: There's a a line in that same Wikipedia entry that says there's an alternate take of traveling Riverside Blues that's not on here. I'm not sure why they didn't include that one single take um, <laughs> because they've chosen to include multiple takes of a whole bunch of other songs. Uh, but, uh, right. Yeah. For some reason, there's, there is one recording of Robert May- Johnson that does not appear on the complete recordings of Robert Johnson.
0: <laughs> maybe there's a, maybe there's a problem, like maybe, you know, sure. he stopped halfway through or, yeah, Coughed or broke a string, or there's some sort of technical issue that it just wasn't a good track or complete track. Yeah. But it's still a piece of history.
1: I think it's important to point out that um, this album did win a Grammy Award in 1991 for Best Historical Album. Oh, excellent. It it was inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame um, as sort of a historic, important piece of music. It's, it's also in the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry as a sort of like oh, cool. preserving a sound or a yeah. style of music. So, you know, for, for all of its age and perhaps um, challenge in accessing it, uh, it's very important for, for music. And, and we need to point that out before we even dive in with our own Absolutely. Uh, immature, uh, far removed opinions of it.
0: Um, and in the same thought, um, Rolling Stone magazine in their little blurb about this album on the list has a few different things to say, but the one little soundbite I grabbed was it's a holy grail of the blues. Kind of wow. like, I don't know if anyone would say the best, but they would probably all say the first. Ah. And I think for the first, pretty darn good. You know, like, Like when, you know, we've talked about this before. We talked about it a bit with Chuck Berry, certainly with Miles Davis and Kind of Blue. Like, we're going to do this for the very first time and we're going to nail it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because that was Kind of Blue. They just, they hardly took any second takes and they did a totally new style of jazz. It's kind of the same thing. It's this very new style of music. He's one of the only people who's doing it. Uh, Well, I guess I'm saying that fairly ignorantly, but... Uh, one of the first and uh sounds really good (laughs) for 1937
1: yeah and uh probably was just recorded in an era where they weren't doing a whole lot of uh um you know recording i guess i should say the recording industry was not what it was what it is today uh technology certainly was not what it is today and uh and you can hear that sometimes in the in the quality of it but uh considering that we're pushing you know um 90 years here
0: of uh, yeah. time between us. it's sort of amazing at how well preserved it is. So uh, I want to talk about the the cover and covers are so interesting to me, you know, and some of them are very artistic or, or trying to get something across. but this, of course, he had been long past and this is a compilation. It's a black and white shot, beautiful shot of Mr. Johnson sitting on a stool cross-legged with his guitar and he's holding a cord and got his thumb about to pluck and it's got a nice smile. He's got a pinstripe suit on, very nice suit um, with a hat, almost fedora style, not quite fedora. Uh, And I like how it's, you know, very sign of the times tilted, tilted uh, sideways on his head, which would have been very, common in the thirties to wear your hat like that. And, uh, yeah it's, yeah, it's, just a, it's a nice photo. Um, and you know, it's grainy. It almost looks, and I don't know if this is added intentionally, like it's been folded. Like there's a couple lines down the middle. Um, mm-hmm. like almost there was some damage on the image, whether that was added or whether that was one of the few images of him. Uh, and then on the side, just in big, white block capital letters just as Robert Johnson with a red underline and then the complete recordings kind of stacked. Um, so not not a ton happening, but a really, a, and, and I'm going to talk later about how kind of the image here and what I think of when I think of, you know, old timey blues singers uh, does not jive when I hear some of the lyrics. Uh <laughs> <laughs> In you know, I I see this uh, nice looking, smiling, gentle looking man with a guitar. You know, what's what's more wholesome than that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's some uh, fairly mature issues being tackled in the lyrics of the songs.
1: <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Yeah, it's a great it's a great image. Um, I can't decide if it's the smile on his face but something about it makes me think this is a guy who doesn't actually play guitar oh uh, which is funny for you know a renowned guitarist to to give off that vibe i don't know if it's because he's holding a chord way up the neck uh uh and you know i don't i don't often think about like if someone if i'm holding my guitar and someone says hey smile my hand's probably not way up the fretboard, right? Uh, to take a picture, um, but his guitar movement works all up and down the neck. So it it may just be that was a comfortable, familiar spot for him. But when I look at this cover, I think it almost reminds me of like, uh, you know, if you'd go to one of those uh, fairgrounds old timey photo booths and and you 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 know you put on the suit and someone hands you a guitar and. It's snapping a picture. <laughs> um, it just looks like, yeah, you're smiling too big, or you don't. You're not holding it the right way, um, and uh, it's it's got kind of a comical uh, effect to me. It may just be because of uh, how far removed of that era we are that it has become yeah. carnival cheesy almost
0: uh, at this point. But yeah, I'll have to give that some more thought. It does. It looks staged, um, which. It's fine um and in terms of photograph technology he might have had to sit there very still for a while
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: so that might have to too it uh, looks like Absolutely. he's playing a bard bard E on the fifth fret so that might not be uh something ridiculous to play but <laughs> it does look a little uh a little a little staged yeah i hear you um i'm not going to list the tracks what? at all <laughs> um <laughs> but we'll say that this this recording was released in in cd form two cds 41 tracks um and and a lot of them are alternate takes you get the same track but another take and like i said before maybe a different key slightly different tempo different rhythm he phrases some of the things different but but it's very similar when you listen to this what kind of stands out to you? Did it, did it bring any memories of any music? Or was it all kind of new stuff? And what what kind of... What tracks or what sounds or what things kind of stick in your mind?
1: Um, I think that uh, the, the thing that jumped out to me immediately on the first uh, couple of listens was Sweet Home Chicago, a song that I'm fairly familiar with oh. because of the Blues Brothers rendition. Um, oh, cool. I had no idea that that was... I mean, I guess I had assumed the Blues Brothers aren't really a real <laughs> band. So, I'm, you know, I, I should have known better that they borrowed it from someone else. But uh, hearing that rendition, the original rendition, I guess, uh, was was a really wonderful kind of way to, to paint that song in a new light for me. Um, the very first track, Kind-Hearted Woman Blues... Uh, I'm not sure if it's because I've listened to this album now a number of times uh, but it has a familiarity with it as well that um, I can't quite place where I might have known that from or whether I'm just making it up because I've listened to a couple of times now um, beyond that uh, there's a lot of very similar kinds of sounds in these songs and and what pops out then is the the uh, lyrics uh, especially in some of the titles i just think um you know that it paints a, a really beautiful uh picture of life when your songs are called like they're red hot crossroad blues um hellhound on my trail uh drunken hearted yeah. man stop yeah. breaking down blues yeah honeymoon blues uh There's just some really great, uh, I don't know, it really puts you into a, uh, I guess, like I said earlier, uh, transports you to a different time and uh, almost instantly. How about you? What stands out when you go
0: through this massive list? Well, in general, lyrically, it's, you know, it's really... It's very honest, and it's dark, and not in a dark, cryptic way, but um, it's just describing daily life and traveling, and traveling with you know with your parents or with your your father trying who's trying to you know make ends meet and traveling across the country to to get different jobs, uh, you know, not having food, not having luck, you know, with whether it be relationships or work or whatever, and remember that we're they're nearing the end of the great depression but that's going to be his mm. his yeah. reference point to his songwriting is growing up as a uh not only a american but a black man in the south um or is he from the south i guess we should say yeah. that yeah delta
1: the challenge of um his biography is that we don't have much to go on right yes uh, his, his death certificate wasn't found until like 30 years after he died that's right um, there's some questions about whether he was born in 1912 or 1913 uh, even his family members were kind of hazy uh, when they were interviewed later in their lives about huh. when he was born and how long he lived um, whether he was married once or twice <laughs> um, one of the things that like gives him some context and time and place are the um, the notes from the recording studio so these you mentioned they were almost all recorded at the uh, two recording sessions you know just writing your name down for the studio time was where we get sort of reference point then for the rest of his life so not only is this a capsule of his entire music career it's what his fans have used to try and extrapolate um, the trajectory of his very short life. Yeah, um, I think he was only uh, late twenties. Yeah. Um, based on different guesses, uh, and and yeah, from from Mississippi, so from the, the deep south. Right. Uh, but yeah, really interesting kind of, uh, and the whole selling your soul to the devil uh, narrative just casts him in this really mysterious virtuoso uh drifter kind of kind of light
0: because there were so few details of his life that's why so much legend and lore came out of it that Mm. that yeah you know when you don't have any stories start creating stories or i heard this i heard that right really interesting
1: yeah there are apparently a couple of documentaries uh both made in the 90s the search for robert johnson and uh, Can't You Hear the Wind Howl, oh, wow. which are both wow. attempts to sort of track down who he was. Yeah. And, uh, and I think those would be great to, to check out sometime. time. <laughs> um, and I think having, having a theatrical production to go with this music, I think would help me appreciate it more. Uh, trying to get to the story behind it, I think. I, I just feel similarly, I guess, to when we went through... Uh, Elvis, I feel like too much time has passed for me to really have a sense of why
0: this music is so important.
1: Well, Maybe I'm jumping ahead there to conclusions.
0: but <laughs> No, I, I think we can talk about it because I think, again, when I listen to it, in terms of my personal enjoyment, one, I'm not mm-hmm. a huge blues fan just, just because yep. I'm not as familiar, not because I don't like it. Um, number two, I don't know much as enough about the history of it to really comment but when I listen to it it all sounds very similar Uh, the guitar the phrasing the singing is very similar from one track to the next but again that's coming out of some ignorance too because I don't know all the nuances of what makes blues and what makes a blues song and what was the first blues and what are the different types of blues rhythms so um, you know part of that I, I will say is ignorance on my part but Mm -hmm. I certainly recognize this as very historically significant in terms of influence, very, very significant. I want to compare this to, I I can hear other significant artists that came out of it, you know, Elmore James and Muddy Waters and other great monumental blues artists. I can hear that they went right from this, but then when we listen to Velvet Underground and Nico and everyone's saying this is so influential in so many bands, but I don't I don't hear it directly in some of the other music. Mm-hmm. And and maybe there's people screaming at their iPhones right now saying, Ah, oh, I hear it and all this other stuff. You know, again, <laughs> I, I don't listen to all that stuff. You know, if I was into um uh what's that band? One of those good oh, ones. Shoot. Oh shoot. Well the one that, <laughs> that Bob really when we were talking, um
1: Velvet Underground. Joy Electric,
0: Joy Division? Yeah. Joy Division, not Joy Electric. (laughs) (laughs) Joy Division, like, you know, the Joy Division was directly influenced uh, by Velvet Underground. But I I don't know Joy Division. So, you know, but I I could probably hear, I know blues, I know what blues are, and blues have been around for decades, even before Velvet Underground. So I can see how this influenced that more easily, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Sometimes you think about something, then you say it and it doesn't make sense (laughs) anymore.
1: Yeah, I I, I resonate with that. Yeah.
0: Something familiar. A crossroad blues. I went down to the crossroads, fell down on my knees, you know, and that's they're saying referencing you know his meeting with with the devil at the crossroads um, for his talent. But that crossroads is a very very common, you know, b- blues rock song that's been covered by a oh, lot yeah. of different bands. Dave Matthews. Um, more recently. So, I, Oh, I'm sure. Just tons. Um, so I'm familiar with that one. And I was listening to uh, to it today and heard a lyric, and I wasn't sure that I heard it, but Me, uh, me and the Devil Blues. Um, and when I think of blues singers, you know, I think...
1: John Mayer. Oh, it's killing me. I was trying to figure out who, which... Uh, which artists I've heard sing that before.
0: <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna bring it up because first of all, that's that's not that's not a great version of it, even though it's got <laughs> Pino Palladino and Steve Jordan on it, but also was from Battle Studies, which is by far his very worst album. It was absolute trash. Oh man, I kinda you like
1: know. it. This is a conversation you for like another the... time though.
0: <laughs> oh man. That's a horrible album. I do like the I do like the Collab with Taylor Swift on that. I think they dated for about five seconds. Um, uh, but yeah, J.J. Kale, Cale, I think Eric Clapton, and and at least in one of his bands, Traffic or Cream or something. Um, ton tons tons have done that. Yeah, that's an okay. It's an okay. It's an okay version. I don't like what he does with it. He, I think he was in a weird place when he made that album. <laughs> Anyways, we're, we're not talking about we're not talking about John right now fact i don't think we ever will again because uh he's not on the list it's true continuum should be on the list though because that's a great album but um when, when i think of a blue when you say a old-timey 30s blues singer i i'm thinking you know on the lines of gospel mm. music right like for or from from old mm. spiritual music i'm not thinking of uh i heard a knocking on my door it was the devil and and we went out it was time to go walk together and uh i told him you know i'm gonna beat my woman till she satisfies me it's dark uh i i was a little take was yeah i was a little taken aback and i didn't know if like if it is supposed to be dark or if it's just very very common behavior or or domestic happenings um or if, if, the, if he was just kind of a rough in a rough crowd I, again it's so hard to put myself in yeah. that context and that social group i can't imagine you know that for the most part that was accepted behavior although I'm sure we've gone through periods of time when when it was more accepted um
1: maybe maybe it's sort of him trying to exercise his own de- demons right is admitting sure yeah no i i I think contemplating this sort of thing
0: sure or or the or the devil's got a got a hold of me and yeah and he and when he does that he inspires to do those things or and i think in the depression too you know there was a lot of desperation you hear a lot of songs about 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 god and the devil because i think that many people would have felt very abandoned by their god that the whole country was you know in a in a, fa- in a drought um and you know the markets had crashed and nothing was going well and that's why just as we're talking i'm i'm just imagining in that movie oh brother where art thou because it just it's a very playful and fun movie but it paints that picture of what it was like yes. in the depression and some of the people who were doing well and some of the people who were who were just barely surviving and And kind of it is a light and funny but it's in that context of a very dark time and music the musicians the artists were portraying it in a very real way um, and very explicit way at times so yeah I think that took me aback but maybe in 1937 it wouldn't have Mm -hmm. Um, oh yeah times are tough let's talk let's sing about it you know so that that was kind of surprising oh and the and one more um, I can't remember the track, but the but the lyric was um, uh, "squeeze my lemon till the juice runs down my leg," <laughs> and, he's, and he and and he speaks after the line. Yo, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think we got a pretty good idea, Robert, <laughs> what what, that, what that's all about. Um, but that lyric that. Um, I didn't realize to listen to this. Uh, that's a Led Zeppelin song, the Lemon Song, huh,
1: where he okay, sings sure that. It's ex- it's a,
0: it's a, st- it's, it's a straight lift. Hmm. Um, and that song is very in their in their own very Zeppelin way. is a bluesy, it's a bluesy song, <laughs> which I think obviously was directly influenced from this tune. So that it's kind of cool where. You know, if you would ask me, do I know Robert Johnson songs, I don't, but then I'm hearing them yes. and I do know them yes. because so many, so many people have played them. It's like, well, yeah, I, wow, yeah. that's, that is, to me, that is real impact and influence when you don't even know somebody. Uh, but then when you're pointed out, you it's already infiltrated your, your experience. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was kind of exciting. And also very graphic and rude. I'm I'm thinking about it going. (laughs) Oh wait, that's a cool (laughs) template song. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Any other any other comments on the
1: music? Um, just that it it I guess it it especially after forty one tracks, it feels very formulaic. Um Yeah. You know, there's there's a very clear structure to this kind of blues. Um, And I think you could probably, you know, map it out almost like you do, you know, poetry structure um, in terms of like this plus this plus this equals a song. Uh, The going through the the track list, almost every song clocks in uh, between 2 minutes 15 seconds and 2 minutes 45 seconds. Almost like even the length is just... Uh, right prescripted yep and um i i think that's what gives me the pause about or why it makes it a bit of a chore to try and digest all of this at the same time i can i can pull out a song or two sure and think like oh yeah there's some real genius here um uh, 41 of essentially the same thing uh You know, I start feeling after a little while like, okay, I get it. I get what you're trying to do here.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I felt, you know, although the music is is good, I felt it more to me like a hmm. history textbook or a a large display Hmm. in a museum that should all be there and needs to all be there and displayed, yet when I see a large display at a museum on one topic, I'm not necessarily going to read every single piece, every single article there, or go look at every artifact. I will pick out a few and get the sense of it and go, Oh, that was neat. I'm glad I, I'm glad I have this knowledge now and I may never come back to this museum again. And that's okay. And, but I'm glad I know about it and same with this album and I'm not trying to to knock it or be negative about it at all. But it's like, I'm glad I listened to it. I'm glad I know about it from at least a historical point of view. And I'm glad I've been able to connect the dots between some of the things I enjoy now yeah. and have heard before. But I, I don't need to sit down and listen to all 41 tracks. And, and I don't think that's the intention. I think the intention is to uh, display that for the significance that it is. And so that, and really, really paying Honor and homage to him that he, yeah, he would. He had no idea, you know, what yeah his two recordings would spawn, um, and and give birth to. So, yeah, it's I I, I really recognize the musical and historical influence and impact of it, and I think that's really important.
1: Yeah, and I think as a uh, signpost for a certain kind of era too um mm. you, you know for uh his death certificate to not appear for 30 until 30 years after his death um and there's no cause of death listed on his death certificate because it was fairly common for uh a black man to die and have no one care about why they died even if it was at the age right. of the 27 yeah. 28 um yeah so so you can be a uh, sort of local music legend and because of the color of your skin, um, die and have, mm-hmm. and have little lasting memory or effort to figure out why this occurred or why this happened based on the social context at the time. Um, there's all kinds of myths about the end of his life. Um, but I think regardless of the reason, the fact that you know there was no autopsy uh, points to his worth as a human being, at least at, at, at how society felt at the time. Uh, mm. And I think that's important, you know, music aside to just pause and, and remember as we're contemplating what this means in the grand scheme of things.
0: Wow. Uh, that Stop recording. <laughs> we're done. That You did it. You did it. it you down, did huh? it. Well said. Yeah. yeah join us <laughs> next time. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well said. Um and I want to transition here. So, given all those things we talked about and how important and significant this is, is it still relevant that I guess the music?
1: Yeah. What do you think? I phew.
0: It's still relevant. Go ahead if you've got an idea here. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll let me say this. This this I feel Again, not a blues guy. This is blues in a very pure and original form. So it's extremely relevant if you're a blues student or fan or player. Very relevant in terms to your education and your practice as learning where it comes from and how to build from it. I would say not necessarily relevant in a mainstream mm-hmm. music setting. You know, you're not going to go to the club and hear Robert Johnson Maybe some some tripped out uh, dubstep version of it, uh, but um, I, I'd say yes to the to the blues people. It's very relevant. Yeah,
1: I think I just have so little understanding of that world that it's hard for me to pinpoint what its relevancy is. Well, and and to blues
0: like blues music is still created. You know, yeah. you can't say that people are, are well, maybe some yep. bands, but people are still making uh disco or still making, I don't know, certain, you know, types of subgenres of music. But people are still making jazz and yeah. country western and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that people are still making blues music that although the instrumentation, the technology is very different, the the form is still very similar. You're gonna hear this. You're gonna to go to a blues club, and you're gonna hear this. You're gonna buy a brand new recording that could be up for a Grammy in the blues, and it's and it's gonna be blues. It's gonna be like this. So, uh, very relevant, but in that genre.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Well, and yeah, and you can probably pop into a blues club tonight in the Mississippi Delta somewhere and hear someone up on stage playing something yeah. that sounds oh, yeah. pretty similar to this. I would say so. Um, so in that way yeah. it's timeless. Uh, if we're, if we're too far from it uh, myself included, it feels like we're, we're listening to a time capsule. Yeah. Yes. Um, but for those, for those who are
0: living it still, it, it is timeless. Yeah. It's just, it's just a part of the, the genre. The zeitgeist, if you will, I feel like I never know when to use that word, yeah. <laughs> but it's one of the one of the only one of the only cool Zed words I know. Um, so, I guess we've answered the questions. But does it sound dated? I mean, obviously the recording quality makes it sound dated, and the uh, the guitar style, the yeah. vocal style. Again, we talked; you would hear it, but but it's very sound dated, and and the lyrical content. Um, and again, I'm not saying that the lyrical content is, you know, is, is inappropriate or is bad. No, it's just it's just very specific to that time and that experience, and trying to convey, to express, because that's what artists do—they express what's happening for right. regular people um, in the, in that in their experience, in that community, in that culture. So I think that's dated, you know. Like you said, you can you can push play and you you know exactly where this is from what time and what style for sure so after all that and discussion and you know we we had a few issues with it just listening but we respect it so how do you feel about rolling stone's position was it sound logic to have it at 22
1: i think i still struggle a little bit with albums that are on here purely for their influence and not for their modern, contemporary staying power. Um, it's It was a struggle I had with Elvis. It was a struggle I had with Velvet Underground. It's a struggle I've had with a couple of the Dylan albums. Um, and I think it applies here, too. This just doesn't seem like right. music that um, is... It's very important music. Uh it it, may, it yes. may be one of the most important albums of all time. I'm not sure that it's one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah, it yes. And
0: trying to figure out what the nuance is is maybe a challenge, but <laughs> I think if we did another list the most important or most influential albums or musicians or artists or music of all time, I think this should be right near the top. Like Mm -hmm. top five at least Mm -hmm. um but i would agree with you i'd say although it's important i would expect albums like this to be between 50 and 100 like not necessarily a great album in terms of all the other criteria but still very significant and important and recognizable and i was surprised when you say when you said that it sold a million copies Mm -hmm. um Uh, which I think would make it, would bump it up a little bit because that's more than some of the other albums we've discussed. Yeah. But I I would have it a little lower. I would have it, you know, maybe maybe as high as 40, but no higher than that. I mean, that's still, I think that's still saying something. We're talking about 500 albums out of hundreds of thousands of albums Mm -hmm. that have been released. So Mm -hmm. that's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, something new I want to start doing, and we've talked about it a bit, um, but maybe we could explore this before we sign off, just to give, if people want to explore a little more, I want to ask a question for each of us. What's your favorite cover uh, from this album? Hmm. So I'm wondering if each time we review an album at one of the last things we do and i know we do discuss it throughout but sometimes we discuss multiple what what's what's your favorite cover
1: oh that's a good question you got one on your or mind maybe the
0: maybe this is one we i i know i've got i've not got one for our next recording so maybe we start then but um i really i think clapton does crossroads and i really like that i do i don't know if we can call the lemon song uh <laughs> cover <laughs> uh, but Crossroads you probably could so I went I went down to the Crossroads uh, here at Clapton. I know he's performed it at some point if he doesn't have an official recording so I think Clapton's Crossroads would be it. Yeah,
1: I think the only one that really uh, I would have said jumps to mind beforehand uh, Well, John Mayer's Crossroads did as we were talking to, about it tonight but the Blues Brothers Ugh. cover of Sweet Home Chicago is the one that I think there you go. immediately jumps to my mind. I was inspired
0: by the... Um, the alphabetical podcast. I think I've talked with oh, them. Yeah. They've listened to all the. They've reviewed every Beatles song, and that's Well, they do it for every song, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but at, at the end they say they pick a they pick a, a their favorite cover. Yeah. Um, they don't all go. They don't eat. There's four of them, so they don't each go through. They just pick one. They just highlight one. But that's kind of. Cool. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought that's uh, certainly. There's a lot of albums where we'd have a lot to choose from.
1: Well, as always, it's been great to hang out here this evening. Um, We're looking forward to the stuff that's coming up next. We want to say thanks to our loyal listeners for continuing to check out the Sound Logic podcast, and we hope you join us next time when we discuss album number 23. Uh, We're counting them down here on Rolling Stone's greatest 500 albums of all time. Up next is uh, another beatles related album uh plastic ono (laughs) bands by john lennon and uh we'll have lots to say about that i'm sure
0: yeah very exciting and and the first uh solo album on the list from one of the beatles yeah can't wait so as always great to chat with you buddy and look forward to discussing with you next time you bet
1: thanks my friends
0: take care